Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcasts and the Buzz Radio Network. The former Arkansas Razorback baseball player Tyler Spoon. We have from ESPN's Around the Horn, Kylie Questionable, also a two-time Dan Levitard Show Suey winner and the <laughs> former head athlete at Cornell Ferris Spain. D1Baseball.com editor Aaron Fitt. And current Razorback freshman star Devo Davis. Mr. Ryan McGee. And we are happy to be joined by Martrell Spate, a former guest of the show, Coach Mike Neighbors from the Arkansas women's basketball team. Former Razorback great and current SEC Network basketball analyst, Pat the Shooter Bradley. Here are your hosts, Kyle Sutherland, Kevin Bohannon, and Porter Hayes. Welcome in to episode 216 of the one and only Hog Talk podcast live from the Heinemann Services Studios. I am your host, Kyle Sutherland, alongside Porter Hayes. And whether you're listening on 1067 The Buzz 2 or your favorite podcast forum, we appreciate you taking some time out to come hang out with us. If you're on one of the forums, be sure and hit that subscribe button. And uh, if you're on Apple Podcast, if you could be so kind to leave us a five star rating and written review to help us get our name out there and reach more people. The show is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Bet Online. They are your number one spot for all college and pro football action this season with all the new updates on their website and interface, plus more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus off your first deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL 100 on that. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. The Hogs are 3 0 for the first time since 2016 after defeating Georgia Southern 45 to 10. We'll talk about that. And it is now officially AM Hate Week as the Hogs will try to get that win over the Aggies for the first time in a decade, which of course will be the game of the week on CBS. As Sam Pittman said, whether you turn on the TV in Los Angeles or New York, you will get that game if you turn on the TV between 2.30 and essentially 5.30 to 6 p.m., kind of depending on how the game goes. But, Porter, we saw a lot of good things on Saturday. Defensively looked really good overall, minus giving up that 80-yard run and a couple of overthrows from Justin Tomlin, similar to what we saw against Texas, is a little bit worrisome, I guess, in some ways. Uh, But once again, KJ's play is polarizing amongst the fan base. It kind of just depends on uh, the which way you look at it. Thought he played really good or really bad. I, I think personally that he did a pretty good job. But I'll tell you what I'm mostly happy about. For me, it was just the fact, especially in the second half, we came out and we responded from kind of sloppy play in the first outside of those two touchdown drives. I think it was two touch. We went up uh, 14 to nothing in the first half. 
And we put the game away in the second half like we should have. It felt kind of like those Houston nut days and Bobby Petrino days where you didn't really have to worry about these kind of games, those ones at War Memorial that were against the lesser teams or even at Fayetteville under Bielema and under Chad Morris, you did worry about those. And so it felt good to, to have one of those yesterday or on Saturday that we didn't really have to be concerned about. For them to come out, I mean, right off the bat and throw that deep pass, you know, to get the tone started, not started off rusty, coming off a big win in Texas. You know, that was that, that was the biggest concern coming into the game was you know, how are they going to react to such a big win and then come up against a sneaky team like Georgia Southern. And for them to set the tone and then their defense just played lights out. I mean, you're going to give up plays. I mean, if you give up one big play a game and your offense is running the ball and you're scoring and you're racking up 600 yards of offense, that's okay. I mean, you know, K.J. Jefferson, yeah, he had an off-night accuracy, but when you go for 336 yards and three touchdowns, biggest key, no no turnovers. I mean, there's a lot of people saying he's mediocre, and he's – I mean, what what more do you want from the guy? I mean, yes, he went 13 of 23. I mean, it's almost like people just want to find something to complain about and dog this team about. I mean, they could have – they could they won big time. And they still find things to complain about. They're like, well, they're not going to do that against this team. Well, there's a lot of people who didn't think they would beat Texas, and they come up and thumped them. So I think we just need to cut these guys some slack because, you know, you want to use this game. You knew that you wanted to take care of business. They were taking care of business. Now we're moving on to Texas A&M, and you want to just run, a, you know, your basic sets, get some reps in, handle the game, and move. This is what a team like Arkansas should be doing in games like this. You know you got a big game coming up. You don't overlook the opponent. You take care of business. You're weak. You're, you're strong point of this team's running the ball. And I tell you what, Dominic Johnson, man, 14 yards of carry yesterday. I mean, that's insane. I mean, he's come from nowhere. I mean, they, they were talking about they were going to put him at defensive end, tight end, and now he's one of your most reliable backs. But I, I just don't get the hate that KJ's doing because you know what? He's taking care of the ball, and that's all that matters. If you're throwing for 300 yards – you're throwing for three touchdowns, and you got a running back that, that can produce touchdowns. It's it's a balanced attack. What more can you ask of of this offense? I got to correct myself. Fourteen to ten at halftime. I, it was a lot worse than I made it look there. Not the fourteen and nothing, but I, yeah, I loved everything you just said right there, Dominique Johnson. We talked about him last week. He was one of the many you just mentioned in the uh, the tight end experiments there, or at least I, I can't remember how many reps he got there. I think they had tried him there for a day or two, but nonetheless got, did get some reps just about like everybody on the team, it seems, has. And he was talked about as being like running back, f I think, five, because you looked at Traylon Smith and then Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green, and Josh Oglesby was even talked about over him. And here he is making very key contri contribution contributions i guess i should say can't talk today and so sam Pittman had even talked about after the rice game how he'd really liked him he did really well against texas and that's one thing too that is just taking so much off of kj that is really disguising some of his yes he's got some struggles he's struggling on short throws especially on third down that's going to come with i think right now he still is not quite trusting himself i think he trusts his team but cabo had talked about how when he came in 
from high school from Mississippi. He was extremely raw, and he's still pretty raw. And you're going to have – like, look, we know we're going to lose some games. We know that K.J. is going to struggle. We know that other parts of this team is going to struggle. We've seen it, and we're going to see it again, and particularly in this – especially this gauntlet of the three-game stretch that we have with AM, Georgia, and Ole Miss. I think that we're going to get at least one win out of this. I think that we're going to beat AM. I don't see us beating Georgia, and I sure don't see us beating Ole Miss. I've been very vocal about that all offseason, and we'll talk about that more as that game gets closer. But I think that we definitely at least go one and two over this this three-game gauntlet stretch. And, hey, to be four and two at that point, that ain't nothing to shake a stick at, particularly against the teams that you're playing. And so the thing about K.J. is, like you said, he didn't turn the ball over. And, Mal- and all these people saying, I've said Malik Hornsby needs to get some packages. I agree with that, with the people that say that he needs those. I'm not particularly in agreement with that. He The only time that I said that he needs to come in was at the first half of the Rice game when things were just not going well whatsoever, and it was would have been nice to maybe see a little bit of a mix-up. But I think that this team is exactly ma- – are definitely probably further along. It, it, from my standards, they're certainly further along because I had them losing to Texas. I said that right now they would be 2-1 and one at this point. And they blew out Texas, as you mentioned. That score, even though it was, what, 19 points, 19-point uh, difference, it was definitely a lot worse <laughs> than than what the final score looked like. And so, mm-hmm. you know, defensively, I really like what we got on the defensive line. Our linebackers have been great. And so we just got to keep them healthy, keep them on the field. Hopefully that was one of the big keys yesterday. And I keep, uh, I keep saying yesterday since we record on a Sunday, but it, you get out of the game without any injuries and you get out of the game without any targeting and because you really need your guys against A&M in Arlington this next week. And I know that Traylon Smith got a little bit banged up, was playing Ricky Stromberg, I know, got went off. So we'll kind of see what how that all goes as we continue to go along through this week. But for the most part, I think that we got out of this game fairly healthy. And, and it's going to be, you know, you would think that this team is going to get up, I would hope, that they, it's it's almost impossible to duplicate the kind of uh, of um, I guess excitement that you had for Texas, but you would hope that considering that this team has not won a game against A and M, and this will be a decade for if we don't win this game, and so yeah. hopefully with being the CBS game of the week, all all eyes in the nation will be on you, and all of that uh, it will be drilled in their head this week that they have not won this game in almost 10 years. And you would hopefully – that's that's going to hopefully be enough to beat the Aggies. And I think that it's certainly uh, going to make these guys jacked up enough that they can do that. The only thing holding it back is it's not in Fayetteville. I mean, you got everything you had with the CBS stuff when SEC Nation come for the Texas game. It's, just, it's as big as a game. It's a conference game. You know, if this was in Fayetteville – I think you would have that kind of atmosphere because, you know, we're leading up to a, a team that, like you said, it would be a decade since you beat the team. Uh, you haven't beat them since they've been in the SEC, so it would be a big statement win. The good thing is it's not at Kyle Phil like last year. You know, you get them in Jerry's world. You know, you get them down there in Dallas, and we got – I mean, that's our home away from home. If you want to go to anywhere for a bowl game, you want it to be in Dallas because – that's where our biggest alumni base is outside of Arkansas is in Dallas. So it's going to be a hyped up. You're going to get a big crowd because guess what? The team's 3-0. and You know, they're not limping into this game, and you don't know what you're going to get. Back to the Traylon Smith deal. How refreshing was it that your star running back goes down for a couple of plays and you don't think the bottom fell out of the team? you got so many people to come in and dip, just like with Strongberg. You know, you, those two guys go out last year – 
and it's a different ball game. I mean, because you just you didn't have the depth like you do this year, and for you know AJ Green and you know Dominic Johnson, you know it, just for those guys, Rocket Sanders come in and be able to produce. I mean, the balance we seen just as much balance when in the touches and the running yards this week like we did last week. So yeah, they're definitely going to be up for this game because. You got Sam Pittman. If he, if, if the team is buying into everything he says, and that's what you went all in, buy in. If he's treating this like business, one game at a time, and Burks after the game was like, "Hey, one game at a time," and I really don't think it's a coach speak or player speak deal when they say this. I think they really this year they're wanting to take every game one by one, business like because they know a couple years ago, you know, two and ten years, three and seven. They know what it's like. They don't want to get ahead of themselves because if they do, they're going to get caught up in the moment and they're going to get humbled. So I'm excited about this game. I think they can, you know, do some damage, and I'm, I think they can win the game. And speaking of Burks, if there's any question of if he's not 100%, I think that got answered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Quick. guy, there is there's no reason for somebody that big to be that fast. I'm not complaining that he's on our team. But fabulous job on the blocking from Tyson Morris, Davion Warren, Blake Kern on that screenplay for 91 yards. He was absolutely trucking. And it's just great to see again because he had seen, yes, there's no question he was a little bit rusty, not himself over the first two weeks. That's expected. It's hot. It's the beginning of the season. You're breaking in a new quarterback. And also, too, you're coming off an injury. That's one thing that I think that we just talk, we don't talk about enough it's just like, oh, this guy's injured for a week, and and sometimes they're able to come back and they're full speed, depending on what it is. But that's not always the case. Every injury is different. Everybody heals differently, in whatever way you want to slice it. So it's great to see Traylon back to back to full speed. I think it was three receptions for 127 yards in that touchdown. So good to see that again, especially before we hit this gauntlet. But Porter, I'll tell you who I'm really, really proud of is special teams. Now, Ladarius Bishop, I'm not really sure about him as a kick returner. That's about the only thing that I can say from this game. This was the, probably the best that we have played in special teams. I, would, I mean, definitely in the Sam Pittman era that I can think of from top to bottom. Cam Little still, uh, I think he's six for six now. Of course, I know you're laughing about him falling. The That's, swing uh, and the miss. That was pretty great. It was it, Well, the funniest part about it was he immediately gets up and looks over at his holder and the punter, and it was, I think it was Reed Bauer that was holding it, and he looks over at him and it's kind of like, hey, don't you say anything. But you yep. know people are recording. This is exactly. a camera age. It's a social media age. And so everybody's definitely giving a bunch of grief about that. And also, Well, uh, the old special teams, that would have happened during the play. So, you know, yeah, I mean, right. you're talking about how far they've come. That would have probably happened during the kick, swinging a yeah. mid. I mean, just the luck. The, the, but, yeah, proud of the special teams because, you know what, they caught a lot of flack and everybody was so quick to go after Fountain and, you know, do – but look how it's played out. They haven't had one big miscue. They haven't had a block punt since the first game. You know, they got to iron things out, and, and they're doing really – the punter, the kicker. I mean, you actually got a, a kicker that can kick it out of the end zone. That's huge when you're playing teams. You're not giving them a chance to flip the field. So, yeah, very impressed – by the special teams. One other point that I want to bring up about the Hornsby deal. I think they're saving him for conference. I think I they're too. using this time to give him in the end. And everybody says, we want to see more of him. I don't think they want to tip their hat of exactly putting packages in and they'll see it this weekend because I think they want this Texas A&M game just as much as they want the Texas game. Yep. This is a team, one, it starts off your conference. You want to start off 1-0. and And it's against a team that you haven't beat since they've been in the SEC. I think they're going to treat this game more importantly than they did 
against the Texas game. Yes, Texas win was for the fans and for the team as a grand scheme, but this is for conference. This is for them to make a statement that we're not a fluke. Last year wasn't a fluke. And the way, just the glimpses we've been seeing of Hornsby, I think they're really going to, I mean, they know they've installed packages for him. I think we're going to see a lot more of him coming up in Texas A&M and through on out because with this gauntlet, Texas A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Auburn, you're, you're going to need both of them to really step up if you're going to win two of these games. And one thing I want to touch on right before we switch over to something else is uh, continuing on special teams. Nate Parody, that that's a, a big talking point right now because he's he's been back there for it seems two or three years now, and I guess it has this may be his third year, but he hasn't really done a whole lot with it. So let me let me just say this, and I know that everybody's response is well, he at least catches the ball, and and that's exactly it right there. Think about what happened. I'm not saying this would always happen with Greg Brooks, but Greg Brooks muffed that punt against Texas. And if we wouldn't have gotten that break, to where if they would have actually, if the guy wouldn't have stepped out of bounds and, and he would have stayed in and then recovered it, think about the way that that game could have gone. I'm not saying we would have lost the game or anything, but think about the momentum with Texas getting the ball right there around the five or even inside the Arkansas five-yard line. Would you rather have that? Or would you rather have someone back there sure-handed, kind of like back when Zach Hawker was kicking field goals, and even Connor Limpert. I mean, he was pretty automatic for the most part. You didn't think about missed field goals. You didn't think about missed extra points or missed field goals. And that's kind of what the way it is with punt returns. We at least know. We might not get in many yards, if any. It might be a fair catch every single time. But we at least know that our offense is going to get the ball. With all that we have been through on special teams, I'll take that all day, every day. I'm not looking for a Joe Adams back there. Yes, I would be nice to have that again, but those do not come around all the time. And so that's just something to think about with all that we have been through, how much we have complained about special teams, how many people have uh, wanted Scott Frost or Scott, Scott Frost. There's plenty of people that want Scott Frost fired too. too. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of people that want Scott Frost fired too. But Scott Fountain, all the times that we have talked about him being fired and all these fans that want him fired – He's making the right decision right there. He's making a safe decision, and that's what we need to go with with special teams in particular. We do not need to play any games. You don't really ever need to, but with this, I, I completely agree with that. And so I uh, want to go into uh, this week, other the games that, that Porter and I had actually previewed uh, on Friday's show, and we'll talk about the results of those. But first, I want to tell you guys about our friends at A-plus Insurance. They've got you covered for your home, business, auto, life, and recreational policies. Check them out on Facebook at A-plus Insurance Center. Visit their office at 312 West Commercial Street in Ozark, or contact Marcus Berry or Melinda Gregory at 479-667-3626. That's 479-667-3626. 3626 A plus Insurance Center in Ozark, Arkansas. Porter, a great slate of games this past weekend. I was very impressed with what Florida, I think the entire country was impressed with Florida's performance against Alabama. We both had them. I think Lou uh, had Alabama beating them by around three touchdowns. And I so, think I said 28. So, yeah, yeah I was, I was yeah. wrong on that one. And also the Oklahoma, the uh, Oklahoma Nebraska game. Nebraska hung yep. t- tough in there. I think that Oklahoma right now, from what they've shown us, are a bit overrated. The Indiana Cincinnati game, that was a great finish as well. We, I was thinking that that was going to be one where Indiana could get, and they came pretty dang close to doing it. And then the Auburn and Penn State game was, man, it, it is insane the kind of atmosphere uh, that Auburn has or that Penn State has in Happy Valley with those wide outs. I, I'd forgotten yeah, about it. Awesome. Yeah, because we hadn't seen it in two years. And so it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. But, you know, I, I'm not – Everyone's saying, and as we expected this would happen, 
that Alabama's not the number one team, that they don't look like the number one team. Look, you know, Clemson's defense, and I know you, I, I'll, I'll ask you about this first because I know that you obviously keep up with Clemson heavily. Them and Georgia's defense are both absolutely filthy. The two best defenses in the country right now, I think you could debate on which one is the best. Clemson's offense is definitely struggling. I think that Trevor Lawrence, and I think you would probably agree with this, Trevor Lawrence probably disguised a lot of the deficiencies that they had on offense last year. But this offensive line is just not really good. Georgia, we're not really sure what they can be. You know, I know kind of between Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels and all that with, with their offense. But I still think that regardless of what we saw from Alabama yesterday, maybe their defense isn't up to par. Maybe Pete Golding, some of the things that Alabama fans in particular have said about him are true. We don't really know right now. But I do know that Alabama is still the number one team in the country. There's no question. But what what do you think about Clemson right now? You know, what's going on with DJ? Is it just, they, is it just going to take some more time for them to click? What is going on? Yeah, I, Man, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he showed a little bit of promise last year, but their offensive line is just not what it was, and he's just not – he can't throw the deep ball like Trevor did. And and you've got Justin Ross. I mean, he, I don't know if it's coaching or what. You know, they're relying on a lot of these short passes, and they don't really go deep, but they're relying too much on their, on their defense. Uh, it was very frustrating. And even at the end, I mean, they let Georgia Tech – go down and score and then get the onside kick. And it was a game that shouldn't have been, I mean, it was a 14, eight game and, and for Clemson to be the top, one of the top teams in the nation to only score two touchdowns and eight quarters against FBS teams is very alarming. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to sit here and say that, well, we're three and zero or two and one and move on to the next week. I, I'm kind of alarmed of what I'm seeing because the way they're playing if they go into the college football playoff, or even if they get to the ACC championship game, it's it's not they're not guaranteed a spot. I mean, they've already got a loss, and if they keep on winning games like th- like close like this, they're going to be fifth or sixth, and they're going to be at the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, but yes, their defense is is nice up front. Now their back end is kind of similar to last year. They they give up. I mean, they were giving up too many just easy desperation plays for Georgia Tech when you know, it was a third and long and they would get the get a conversion. So, but yeah, DJ, it, but we got to look at it. You know, it, it's kind of hard to follow in the footsteps of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. You know, a lot of spots is just basically talking about Trevor Lawrence, but Deshaun Watson got a, a national championship too. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't just expect somebody to be, but man, I, I don't know if, there's so many variables. I mean, is this NIL getting some of these kids? They're getting these deals and they're getting this money and they're taking a lot of focus away from the football field because just the expectations of what he was out of high school, it, it could be one of them ones. He's just not panning out to be that number one quarterback. We see what Bryce Young's doing at Alabama. Him him and DJ was one and two when it come to uh, the, their class. I mean, excuse me, not him, but it was Bryce Young and, and Trevor Lawrence. So Bryce Young's really stepped it up. So maybe he'll take another year. I don't know. Will Shipley, their running backs, really stepped up and been the workhorse as a freshman. So at least they've got something going on. But I think Justin Ross needs to get a little bit more healthier, kind of like what we were saying about uh, Burks coming off that injury. I mean, he had a massive injury last year. So maybe that's what deal is. He don't have that uh, go-to receiver like, you know, when Renfro was there for Lawrence and Watson. So I don't know, but. I'll just have to see. I'm happy they got the win. That's all that really matters in the grand scheme of that. Well, and I'll tell you, 
let's just talk about Mike Norvell for a second. Aren't we glad that we Ooh. didn't hire him? Florida oh, yeah. State, Miami, it is tough. Flor- the Florida Gators, they should be extreme. This is a definite moral victory for them when you consider the opponent and you consider two of the other top programs or so, or what used to be top programs in the state of Florida, in Miami and Florida State. Man, it is just brutal right now. One of my good friends, you know, Grant Long is. Uh, is a diehard Miami fan, and just reading his stuff, his tweets, and some of some of his followers that he's uh, been interacting with, it just brought back so many memories for both mm-hmm. Florida State Twitter and Miami. And we were so close to to hiring Mike Norvell, and I I was always kind of iffy. I was never particularly against it, but I was definitely iffy because I've heard the rumors of the off field stuff and whatever. But it is it's a brutal time there, and I'll tell you, Notre Dame seems to be on that verge. To, I, I'm not really sure if they're going to be Florida State of 2013. Now, I know Florida State 2012, it just won a – or I'm sorry, 2014. Florida State in 2013 won a national championship, and then the next year every single game, every single week was so close. They ended up making it to the college football playoff and then the first one ever and then got blown out. I think it was actually by either – I think it was either by Oregon or Clemson. I can't remember. I think it was Oregon. But, yeah, there's – I'm telling you, that just makes you it, – it puts into perspective – being three and zero, whether it's against Ray, I know that you got the Texas win that was number fifteen, but whether it's against Rice, whether it's against Georgia Southern, it puts a whole lot into perspective when when you look and see what Florida State and Miami in particular are doing right now. Yeah, and and look at Oklahoma struggling with Nebraska. Yeah. I mean this high pat, and they gave up all those yards to Tulane. I mean, I know the score doesn't depict it, but I mean Ohio State was struggling with a uh, uh, Tulsa there for a little bit. To me, this has been one of the craziest overall college football years. It's almost like this year has the expectations of what we would think out of last year and that COVID year when teams are just struggling to get by. And so I don't know. And Notre Dame's doing that. I mean, they struggled, you know, against uh, Toledo and Florida State, and they won yesterday against Purdue, but that was a close game. You look at Alabama, they're not as dominant as what we figured. I mean, that's crazy. Alabama's clearly the number one team in the nation, but if, you know, they 31-29 and everybody thinks the sky's falling in. You know, it's like, what's going on? They're not beating teams by 21-28 points. Um, but that goes to say, like, that first week, I mean, they, they put too much into that Miami game and they blew them out. We see where Miami's at. So maybe Alabama is just not as good as as right now in the season. And I'll They'll tell you- get it figured out. Go ahead. Well, and I, I mentioned earlier about the old, us playing Ole Miss in a couple of weeks. I'll tell you, I, I'm really impressed with them. And Louisville, yeah. I'm not really sure how good they are, but Tulane's a good team. I don't care what anybody's. Willie Fritz, that was one of the guys that we were that was on the coaching hot board when we were looking for a new guy after Chad Morris. And I'm really impressed. He was actually at Georgia Southern, the team that we just played. Uh, he was there, I believe, before this coach now and before he had gone to Tulane. But they took Oklahoma to the wire. And I think they are one of those legit P or uh, group of five G five teams. And Ole Miss's offense they they put up I think it's over five hundred yards every single game. We knew that their offense was going to be really good. Lane Kiffin maybe the best play caller in the entire country, at least up there. Matt Corral, I don't care what you say about him. I don't care that he had two awful games last year. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country. I, this offense came back with eight or nine returning starters, and they looked improved on defense a lot. And and they, they took Tulane to the woodshed, something that OU couldn't do. O, OU was beating them pretty bad, and then they ended up coming back on them. But uh, I'll tell you, 
I, I don't know. I don't know that they're going. I'm not quite ready to say that they're going to compete with Alabama for the number one spot in the West. But you know, you look at A and M. You look at Alabama. Alabama, of course, is still up there at the top as we've talked about. But Ole Miss, they could flirt with that two or three spot. I don't think it's crazy to say that. Yeah, and and I think that you know, Ole Miss can. I mean, Georgia can. Georgia could be the one that knocks. Uh, Alabama because Alabama is having a hard trouble stopping the run. I mean, Florida was just running all over them. And so it could be, this is going to be one of the, maybe this is the year we needed as college football fans. Maybe we see four teams we didn't expect in the college football playoff. I mean, you could see, you know, uh, Ole Miss into the college football playoff. You know, you, you never know how everything's going. You could see Auburn, you know, Penn state. I mean, you never know. This might be a team, the PAC 12, you know, I know UCLA got beat by Fresno State last night, but you never know what's going to happen in the grand scheme of this year. And I, I do think it's going to take, you know, Alabama's going to have two losses. They're going to have to have two losses to not even make it to the SEC championship. That's how it is every year. So, yeah, I'm, I am honestly excited to see that Ole Miss-Alabama game, but I'm also excited to see the Ole Miss-Arkansas game. I mean, it's just one of them things that we talked about last week. You know, Lane Kiffin hates to lose. And you know he's very active on Twitter. And if you don't think that he's not had that daggum matchup circled on his calendar and Corral too, you know, having that off game, they're going to be – and it's at home. So they're going to be looking to take care of business against Arkansas, but they're going to have to stop our run. So, I mean, it's going to be an exciting year. And it would be cool to see some parity finally and see some teams in the, you know, college football playoffs that we're not used to seeing. Yeah, and it's I think Saban right now is twenty and zero, either nineteen or twenty and zero against his former assistants. And there's some that were that have been saying that Jimbo is going to be the first one to knock him off this year. But I, I think Lane, he's got a legit. If if Ole Miss can be the offense that they are in particular, last year they took him pretty. What was the final score? Like sixty to forty eight or something like that. It was something yeah. crazy, over a hundred points scored. You know, with the way that we saw Florida play yesterday, and Florida's no chump team whatsoever. They just got some things to figure out. But if this Ole Miss offense can be Ole Miss offense, it's not crazy to think that, that Lane can take down Saban. Can you imagine social media, Twitter in particular, if Kiffin is the first assistant, the first former assistant of Saban's to beat him, going to be absolutely crazy. He but, wants that game. Oh, he, yeah. he wants to beat Saban. No I mean, question. He, he wants to be that first guy. To me, I'm sorry, Texas a fans. Jimbo's overrated. I'm sorry. I don't know why y'all gave him another extension. I mean, it, it's crazy to think that you don't have the talent that you did last year. You don't have a proven quarterback that you've got. And Kellen Mond, you know, you couldn't win with Johnny Manziel. You couldn't win with Kellen Mond. You couldn't, you know, they're putting, I mean, when Jimbo got hired, they put a, a thing on his desk that said national champions, but it didn't have a date on it. Well, I don't think there's ever going to be a date put on that play. I just don't think. He's going to get over that mountaintop and get to the college football playoffs and, and win it. And he's just, I don't know. I think after Jameis Winston got out of Florida State, we've seen what happened at Florida State. Then he gets this massive contract to go to AM. You've got all the talent. It's like LSU. You get all the talent in the world and you can't produce it in wins. And I think Ed Ogeron's on, in the same seat. I mean, you never know. This might be his last year, and that's on the field, off the field issues. But I'm not buying Jimbo Fisher as an elite head coach. Yeah, I, I can tend to agree with that. I think that they did a, a really good job last year, but and they've recruited really well, but I'm not quite sure that I can say that he will take that next step. I think that he can be a consistent 10-win 
per season, Coach, or at least most seasons. But I, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. But another team that's had a lot of hype in the college football world, particularly because of the coach that went there, was Coach Kevin Kelly. Now, this is obviously much on a, high, a much lower scale in the FCS ranks. But Presbyterian, after blowing out their first two opponents, I saw a tweet. I think it was from uh, – it was one of the newscasters on Saturday from Arkansas that said Kevin Kelly gets a – a team with a logo because the rest of them had been like that little blank shield on the first two yeah. weeks on ESPN. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, but I, I love Coach yep. Kelly. I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's going to do a, a fine job in college, but definitely brought back down to earth and, and a 72 to nothing loss. Ren Heffley, who passed for Ooh. 10 touchdowns in week one, week zero. I guess, no, no, it was week one. To, they passed for, for 10 touchdowns in week one, passed for uh, six touchdowns or, yeah, wait, no. Hang on, I'm sorry. No, it was six interceptions. That's what it was. I was thinking it was six uh, touchdowns and six inter- and seven interceptions, but it was actually six interceptions and seven sacks. I was getting my uh, the line and column on the stat line there mixed up. But definitely brought it back down to earth, and you got to respect Coach Kelly being the guy that he is. I'm, I'm not shocked that he did this. He went on Twitter, uh, posted a video on there talking, taking full blame. That's one thing he's always done. He doesn't lose a whole lot. But when he has, he always takes full blame, and you got to respect that. And so uh, I don't know that this is going to – I definitely see Presbyterian losing another game or two or three this year, maybe more than that. Maybe If they go 500, Porter, you got to consider that a success. They've won 15 games other than this season, 15 games the last five years. And so this is a program that's down. He knew that coming in, and he had told me personally the biggest fear that he has in losing is that – the team is going to see things on social media because he has that kind of presence. That's the one thing that he was very, um, I don't want to say scared. That's the one thing he was uh, concerned about just because you don't want it to get in your players' heads. But this guy's a master motivator. This guy is a master coach. He, he is very smart, whether it's in college, whether it's in high school. And so he's going to lose some more games. There's no question about that. But I don't think it's going to be a 72-point game like we saw on Saturday. Yeah, and it, it was it was crazy because you drink the Kool Aid, you know. You're you're happy for him. You wanted him to have success, and I did not expect that at all. I mean, Campbell was zero two coming into the game, and I don't know if he's already sparked a, a vendetta against you know the teams because he's getting all this praise and hasn't even played a F, uh, CS team. So I mean, that could have been part of it too, or they just game planned against him really well, but. Yeah, I mean it was it was tough to see, you know, that score. I mean, it was forty-eight nothing at halftime or fifty-six nothing at halftime or something like that. But, you know, I hope it does transition to some wins because I mean, Presbyterian, like you said, fifteen wins. I mean, it's a small school in Clinton, South Carolina. And, you know, this is the perfect spot for him to try to, you know, show that he can do that in, you know, in college. And just the same like, well, he just after one win. Let's not go ahead and say he's the greatest coach in FCS. We can't do the same after one loss. You know, we sure. let's let the season play out and see. But it was, you know, tough to see this was the first time he's played a true FCS team and, and for it to go so bad. So of course you're like, well, if this happened against an O two team, what's gonna happen if they play the likes of North Dakota State and in the in South Dakota, the, the powerhouses, you know, uh, of the FCS world. 
Yeah, and I think that it's more and I feel like the the lack of talent is more indicative of the loss more so oh, than yeah, just him definitely. not being able to coach. And so that's that's probably where we're at. And he's going to have to get his get his players in there. We say that about every coach, especially in their first year, but I think he's going to do just fine. And and he'll at least uh, you know, he he brought for 2 weeks straight, he brought some positivity to a program that was a dead man walking essentially. And so I think he's going to be just fine, but we're up against a break. Uh, next, we do a recap of week four of high school football in Arkansas. Don't touch that dial. You are listening to the Hog Talk Podcast, part of Believe Podcast and the Buzz Radio Network. Located in Fayetteville, Rapology is your top spot for banners, signs, and wraps. From commercial fleet wraps, color changes, vinyl decals, and much more, they take care of you in a timely and professional manner. Call Rapology today at 479 479- 368-6490. Again, that's 479-368-6490. Tackle your to-do list without breaking your back or getting your hands dirty by calling Heinemann Services. Located in Northwest Arkansas, Heinemann Services is your premier company to get those projects done that you've been putting off. Whether small remodels, lawn care, carpentry, and much more, they take care of you in a timely manner with exceptional customer service. Call Corey and his crew today at 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Back on episode 215 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Kyle Sutherland and Porter Hayes here with you. And we go now to our preview, or I guess our recap, of high school football in Arkansas from week four. And Porter, it was a little bit of an underwhelming week. I know there was a few good games in there, but we had a lot of teams travel out of state. And I got to give, first of all, shouts to Mom L. They traveled out of state on Thursday and played C.E. Bird High School in Shreveport, Louisiana. I didn't necessarily think that they were going to go there and get blown out. Some did. And they played about as well of a game as you could ask. Now, they got a really bad call there towards the end of the game on a fourth and eight play where Roderick Watts got the first down. And it was on the 49-yard line. The ref literally picked up the ball and took a step back to the 48, which made them a yard short. So that was an extremely tough call. Man, it was brutal. And a really tough call there. But this was a team that put up, I think they were averaging like 400 yards of rushing. They they run the bone and they run the wing tee, kind of mix it up in formations there. They were doing that. Just It seemed like one play they would run the wing tee, the next they would run the flex bone. And pretty much the entire game. And Maumel did a pretty good job against it outside of a few plays. But a 24-21 loss there for the Hornets. And uh, that was that was a really tough one. But a great performance overall. They just couldn't quite squeeze it out there. But the big one of note there will start in 7A. Bryant goes to Longview, Texas and plays the, the Lobos of Longview High and lose 24-21. But there was literally two games – or sorry, two plays – that had the effect of the three-point loss for the Hornets in this one. And Jalen Hell, who is a five-star receiver for the Lobos, made two phenomenal plays. One of them, I don't know if you could say phenomenal, but two really, really good plays that great receivers make. And one of them was when two Bryant receivers collided and he caught the ball and then went for the touchdown. And then the other one, he just jumped, out-jumped somebody. Six, six three, six four, over a 5'9 defender, just out-jumped him and then went into the end zone for the score. And so Bryant, for the most part, did a fantastic job. And they beat Trinity Christian of Cedar Hill, Texas, last year in Bryant in a 44-40 finish. That was a thriller. I was covering that one. I still think there's no question. I'm not, I'm not going to hold this against Bryant whatsoever. I'm not so sure. I, I, I think now, I said preseason, that it might be Cabot 
that that possibly knocks Brian off for the first team in three years in the state. I think if any team is going to do it right now, and I haven't seen Bentonville and I haven't seen Fayetteville in person, but at least in the 7A Central, North Little Rock seems to be the team right now. They've only allowed 295 total yards in their last two games, and one of those was against Fayetteville that many are high on. I'm not particularly high on Fayetteville. I think they are a little bit overrated at this point. Nate Olson and I disagreed on that last week. <laughs> but uh, still a good team, but I, I, don't, I don't think that you can put them up there with the, the Bryants and the North Little Rocks right now. And even the Bentonvilles until they not they if they knock Bentonville off, but you definitely can't hold all that rambling to say. I don't think that you can hold this one against Bryant. They're still the favorite in the state right now. Yeah, all these teams are going out of state. I think they've realized. You know, we've seen PA do it. We've seen Bryant do it. We've seen Shallow do it. I think they're starting to realize that if they're that dominant in their conference, they have to go in these non-conference games and find these teams that can really challenge them, whether they win or lose. You look at Bryant going to Longview. I mean, that Longview's an established program in the state of Texas. You know, Sand Springs, Oklahoma, and Shiloh, they gave them their only loss last year. So for them to really get up and, and prepare themselves for a, a playoff run, you know, they're dominant in their conference, and then you kind of get a little complacent. So you need to be challenged they're going out of state playing these teams, and that's where we're starting to see some of the success and these undefeated seasons that these teams are getting and just dominating in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm very impressed with North Little Rock in particular. I was, you know, I was very critical of the way that the, they hired the handling process of a new look. I I love Randy Sandifer. I think he's a great guy. Has been at North Little Rock for around close to four decades now. But just the way that that process was handled when J.R. Eldridge ended up resigning and going to Farmington, and it took what four months to find the new coach. I, I just wasn't sure, despite the the great athletes that they've continuously had there, if they were going to be able to overcome this because that's a lot of adversity. And mm-hmm. they've been to five straight state title games, four or five, I think it's, yeah, five since 2016, and won one of those, one in 2017. But they have, they, they have more than surpassed expectations. They lost their quarterback. They lost their running back. They lost a really good receiver, but they had a lot coming back. They had lost a couple on defense, too, but had some key pieces coming back there, starting with their anchor in Braxton Johnson, who I, I like to call many events Will Fork. That's what he looks like out there, just this massive guy that can really move. And uh, they've 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 got athletes. Like I said, they they bring them in every single year. They kind of in a way reload like Bryant does, but Bryant just tends to do it on another level than everybody else. But I would say right now, without seeing Bentonville and without seeing Fayetteville, that that, that North Little Rock is the closest team to knock off in the seven A. And and then you go down to Greenwood or go down to six A, and Greenwood's right there. Uh, I know they have a loss on the. They lost. It was Fort Smith Northside. I think that they lost yeah, to, which yeah. that's a seven A school. You can't really hold it against them. And Northside, I think, is a little bit better than people expect. They play. Brian actually goes to Northside this week, but that six A West there is absolutely brutal. This week we've got with Rocktown. We've got uh, Parkview and and uh, Greenwood at War Memorial Stadium. That's our game of the week. Then I watched Lake Hamilton just beat the brakes off of Hot Springs. That game was over pretty much Porter within the first fifty three seconds. You know Owen Miller, Whew. their all state running back, is out. He he hyperextended his knee last week. At least that's the prognosis that we know for sure happened. I've heard that it's worse than that, but I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna report something until it's actually confirmed uh, past what we have heard factually. But Justin Crutchmer, who is a standout safety for the team, he took the opening kickoff 83 yards for the touchdown. And then a couple of plays later, they got a pick six. 
Uh, and so it was 14 to nothing, literally 53 seconds into the game. And it was 41 to nothing at the half. Crutchmer had a 65 yard touchdown where he broke through about six or seven tackles and ended up going for all the way for it. But uh, yeah, it was 41 to nothing at the half, and nothing really happened in the second. But you look at Lake Hamilton right there. El Dorado is one of the better offenses in the state. I think that, that from top to bottom, in terms of their skill players, they might have the best in the state. Parkview got plenty of D1 players there. They're looking pretty good. Whitehall's even stepped up in there and looked up pretty good as well. And then you also got Sylvan Hills, who under – I keep saying this, that under Chris Hill in, week, in um, year one, they started off two and three and then ended up going on that run averaging. I think they didn't allow any more than like 14 points per game until they got to the semifinals against Lake Hamilton. And so that, that 6A in the east and the west combined is just ultra-loaded. 6A is going to be very interesting, and I, I think that with how we've been seeing uh, Greenwood play, I, I think the other teams see blood in the water. I think they see that Greenwood's not as dominant, you know, as they have been in the past. And teams like El Dorado, Lake Hamilton, Benton, you know, all these teams that are, are competing in the 6A, I think it's going to make for very interesting playoffs, and I think it's really going to be a toss-up when it comes to who wins state. I, I just – from what I've seen out of Greenwood, watching them a couple of games, they just don't – their quarterback play is not as dominant as it has been in the past. I mean, their defense still steps up, but they're, they're tr- it, it, you don't have a clear-cut best team in 6A right now. You, you could pick – you just go, pick your hand – stick your hand in a bag and pick five or six teams and put them in there and just pull one out, and, and they're the best team. You know, it's kind of like 7A. You know, Bryant. They don't look as dominant as they have in the past, so it's going to give other teams like a North Little Rock say, "Hey, they're down. We we got a chance to take you know take the title away from them." So, you know, it's good to see that in football because last year, you know, just so many dominations and so many wins of undefeated seasons from Harding and Shiloh and Bryant. It's going to be good to see, kind of like what we talked about in college football. It's good to be good to see some good matchups, and when we get to that where they have the competitive, where they move teams up and down. You're going to see a lot of competitive matches in the regular season and in the playoffs. Well, and you talk about that one team, and right now you can't really go down to the 5A. PA, you got to keep them at the top until they prove mm-hmm. that they are not. Now, I know that they got they got beat up pretty bad on their trip to uh, – to, uh, oh, my gosh, what was it? Lipscomb Academy. I couldn't think of it. At Nashville, when they went to Lipscomb Academy. So they welcomed – they they drummed Robinson in week zero then in week one ended up uh ended up beating Madison Ridgeland pretty bad or that might have been week two I, I I'm gonna stop saying these weeks now because it just confuses me every single time but at least in their first game they drummed Pulaski Academy <laughs> they, they drummed uh Robinson and then Madison Ridgeland comes in from Mississippi beat them up pretty bad a very very good program and then Lipscomb Academy out of Nashville, uh, who I believe is coached by Trent Dilfer, ended up beating them extremely bad. Uh, they brought them back down to earth. I think it was 64-28 was the final score. And you still have to put them as your favorite. But I'm really the, – the only team that's gotten the best of them, is, especially in the state championship game over the last three, four years, is Little Rock Christian. And they've got a, a very devastating rush offense right now. J.V. Dyer-Jones is averaging about seven to eight yards per carry. Brian Gittens, his backup, that they offer a really good one-two punch. I wrote an article about that and featured them about all the uh, – right before the season started, all the running back talent in Central Arkansas. And I really like what they have going there particularly. And now they've got a young quarterback in Walker White, one of the white guys. He's uh, he's uh, well, literally and figuratively one of the white guys. He's uh, – 
he's uh, John David White's little brother, and there's been Cooper White was also a uh, receiver for PA. So there's been a couple of them play at PA, a couple of them play at Little Rock Christian, and he's done pretty well. And I think that he's going to be a highly recruited guy. He's just a sophomore, so he's going to be a highly recruited guy once it's said and done. And now defensively, I'm not 100% sure that PA can keep up with, or that Little Rock Christian can keep up with PA's offense. But if they can, PA's defense, they looked pretty good in that in that scrimmage against Bryant, but they've for sure shown that they are susceptible to to giving up some big plays. If Literat Christian can somehow outscore them, outscore PA, I mean, I could see this being one of those, which we've seen plenty of these games between them in the past, but it could be one of those extremely high-scoring games where 100 combined points are scored, and you got to put them up there too. I mean, again, I, you cannot knock PA off the mountain until somebody actually does it, but uh, I think right now – it is probably just PA and Little Rock Christian as it has been for the last few years. I mean, I know you can throw Harrison and, and Wynn in there. They've done some pretty good things. But for the most part, I think that right now it's still continuously as it has been for the last few years, PA and Little Rock Christian. Well, in high school, it's, it's kind of different. It's kind of like similar to, to uh, college in a way, but more of you know one loss does affect your season. Everybody starts zero and zero now. These first three games mean nothing. I mean, you want to win the games. I was telling my wife this, you know, in the grand scheme of like Ozark, you know, started off one and two. They got a win against Clarksville and then lost against Boonville and a heartbreaking loss against Charleston. All right, from this point on, it means nothing because you're zero and zero on conference. Your conference record depicts where you're seated in the state playoffs and everything. So, yes, you you don't want to lose your games and, and, yes, you want to be mad and you want to regroup after a tough loss. But from this point on, you get a fresh slate. And it's hard to say that in other, other sports because, you know, you could be 0-3 and then you reel off and go undefeated in your conference and make a deep run and you can end up winning a state title. So it, it's, it's conference time, and we all know what that means. We're going to get some killer matchups. we got a big one, like you said before, Parkview and Greenwood, which that's going to be an amazing game. Um, I honestly think Parkview's got a little bit more talent. I think they actually knock off Greenwood in that one. Oh. But I, I, I just do. Just from what I've seen and I'm hearing around the Greenwood side, I think Parkview just uh, – and it's going to be in War Memorial Stadium. So I think that Parkview knocks them off, and it's going to be a close game. But they just – Greenwood gave up too many big plays against Northside. And, and I'm, I know Northside's 7A, but they're not a dominant 7A team. You know, Greenwood's been able to beat them in the past few years. So it, it, I just seen some things on defense and their quarterback, just his arm strength is not as good as they've had in the past. So I know it's going to kind of ruffle some feathers in the Greenwood fan base, but I, I think part few wins that. And I'll tell you, you know, Boonville's looked pretty good, and Ooh. Warren has they they avenged their loss to Whitehall, which I think I'm, I said a second ago. Whitehall was one of the ones in six A that's making noise. I'm at five A. They're in they're in that brutal five A uh, that conference with PA and Little Rock Christian and Maumelle. So they're making some noise in five A. But you know the four A. It's I think that everybody's saying right now that Shiloh they're still the favorite, just like PA is in the five A, just like Greenwood should be in the six A and Bryant should be in the seven A. 
But Warren is one of those teams that they're always talented for the most part, and Bo Hembry always gets better as the season goes along. And many have said that this is probably the comp- the most complete team. Barry Grooms has gone on radio, said on this podcast that he believes that out of all the great Warren teams there's been, this might be from top to bottom the most complete team. And then you also got all that athleticism at Stuttgart. Now, I know one team that's been a little bit disappointing is Malvern. They took it on the chin 49-14 to against Lakeside on Friday night, but they're playing a lot of sophomores. They've got eight or nine, I think it is, on defense. So they're going to be extremely talented maybe next year. I'm, I think that they'll still make the playoffs this year, but they might not make it past the first or second round. But uh, you know, right now, and I know you got to throw Robinson in there as well. They've made they've rebounded ever since getting blown out by PA in week zero. But it's just really tough for me to believe. Yes, Boonville. I know you've watched them this year once. They're extremely good. Their defense is very very aggressive. But it it's almost just like that. Some of the how many how many college prospects does Shiloh have? I mean, D one like legit mm-hmm. at least probably a handful or close to two. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's just really tough to imagine them not. Winning back. Well, well Booville's th- 3A, and I, I just want to say they beat the defending conference champion in the 4A4 35 to 6. I'm getting my classes it, mixed man. up. That's right. Yeah. Booville is 3A. That, that's, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah so it's I mean, Booville and Harding Academy in 3A. Yeah. But Booville beat Mina, which is, they won, and they were picked to win the conference this year in 4A4. And I think they have a chance. I mean, that conference, I mean, Ozark played up to Charleston, and it came down to a last second. Charleston scored, it was a back and forth game. Charleston throws up a prayer, gets behind the defense, and scored with 23 seconds left to, to take a 31-28 lead over Ozark. And then Ozark had a chance to come back, got tackled on the two-yard line as time expired for the Franklin County feud. But Boonville is just dominant. I mean, they've beaten 4A Dardanelle. They beat 5A Clarksville. And then they, they beat Ozark. And now they just beat Bina, Mina in 4A. So they're playing up. Every team they've played has been up a classification and just – dominated every single one of those games so again like i was saying you're playing competition that's getting better for you for the conference that conference that i'll tell you team to look out for is paris when it comes to that conference that booville paris game is going to be good and and booville charleston booville charleston paris all play in the same conference we're talking about shallow's conference shallow gets hurt because the best teams in their conference have now moved up to 5a p ridge and farmington now are 5a teams so that that area northwest arkansas you know before too long they're all going to be in 5a because elkins will move up to 5a as well i mean that all those small towns other than like greenland and west fork and and prairie grove they're not growing as fast as farmington elkins and p ridge so it's going to be interesting to see how these teams play in the conference but yes boomville is definitely you know you got rand and ray there and i played against you know his dad in, in high school when i was in so there's a lot of family tradition when it goes to uh, Boonville. I mean, they start their kids out in second grade with the high school playbook, and they, they're there coaching them all the way up. So Boonville and Harding Academy are the top two teams to look out for when it comes to 3A. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, Harding Academy, you would. I was thinking 100% that they would probably be the one to repeat in the 3A. But, uh, yeah, you can't – with that Boonville defense is, is ultra. Mm, just they are, they are something else. And so – and speaking of 3A, i got to give a shout-out to Baptist Prep. Yes, They, they have just been – now, the last time that they had a winning season, I believe, was 2011, so exactly 10 years ago. And they started off the season uh, with, you know, I think it was, 
I think it was two shutouts. I know it was at least one, but I do know that they've averaged eight points per game. Uh, their defense has allowed eight points per game in the last three games, and the one from Friday night was number one from 2A McCrory. So that just throw, that throws out all kinds of stuff. Not to take anything away from Baptist Prep, but McCrory seemed like that they were just beating everybody pretty bad, and then you've got Desart from the 2A, and also Clarendon, you know, and even though Dax, Dax Courtney went down with the ACL and Clarendon lost him, they still got Quincy McAdoo and plenty of other talent. Gurdon is still in there as well. And can't ever count out. I know Junction City's lost a couple of games already, but you can't ever count them out. You, again, it's a whole new season when you get into conference play. But Baptist Prep, man, that defense is – they talk about defense for Boonville. Their linebacker play, I was talking to one of their coaches getting some stats. And, the, I mean, these guys are averaging double – all three of them, it seems like, are averaging double-digit tackles a game. And so that's one to look out for in the 3A2. I don't know that they're going to win state – I'm not quite ready to say that they're going to be a state title contender yet, but the improvement that Coach Wellsman and, and that uh, that team has made over there, not not just uh, Little Rock Christian there for the only private school on Highway 10 in Little Rock that has made some noise, it, it's the Baptist Prepped Eagles as well. They, they have a little chip on their shoulder. I think they they were hearing the noise that, you know, McCrory was the team. And, you know, Barry Grooms, our, our good friend of the show, you know, come on and talked about McCrory and how they were going to surprise some teams. So we thought, you know, all right, this game's going to be a, a close game, but McCrory's going to find a way to win it. And Man, they just took it to them. And so, yeah, big shout-out to Baptist Prep, and, and, and good luck to them the rest of the season because they could be another one of those contenders that come up and you, you win your conference, you never know, and catch one of these teams that slip up and, and don't win their conference, and you get them at home. I mean, that just changes everything. You know how the conference play is. You have one bad game, you lose one game in conference, and now – you're finding yourself traveling instead of playing home field advantage. Yeah, it's essentially this is not like college football where you are out of the national championship if you lose a game or two. You can be zero and three heading into your conference your uh, conference season, and still as long as you make noise, as long as you take care of business there, then you're good to go. And so it is literally everybody starting. And the only way that you're not starting zero and zero is if you have hopes for an undefeated season, which everybody does, of course. But it's it's a whole new ball game right now, and so. We're looking forward to uh, Rocktown, Jason, and myself. We will be at, again, the Greenwood and Parkview game on Thursday night at War Memorial Stadium. I think we're going to try to hit two games on Friday. I'm not really sure which ones those are going to be. Definitely maybe see a little bit of Central and North Little Rock and then uh, maybe uh, CAC and Clinton, I think we're going to try to get over there and see. But uh, going to be a busy week for us. I'm, I'm As much as I love these games, I'm excited to just do Friday after this one. I think this is our last Thursday game that we have to do. And so... But that will do it for episode 215. Guys, appreciate you as always for joining us again. Subscribe if you haven't already on your favorite podcast forum. And uh, this was the Hog Talk podcast presented by Bet Online for Porter Hayes. My name is Kyle Sutherland. We will see you Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.